Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. So, welcome in. Making the Green Fantasy Football Podcast. You've got Uncle Tony. Crazy legs. What's going on? And we're here to talk a little fantasy football. Thank you very much for joining us here for the inaugural Making the Green Fantasy Football Podcast. You've got Uncle Tony here with Crazy Legs, and we're here to talk a little fantasy football. What's going on, Crazy Legs? What's going on? How's it going? Good, Jake. Good. So, uh, welcome, everyone. Um, first of all, Wanted to uh, give you a little introduction to uh, to Crazy Legs and I, and uh, Crazy Leg also goes by Jake, and uh, I go by Uncle Tony all the time. But uh, <laughs> we've been playing fantasy football together for as long as Jake can remember since uh, uh, since I've known him since he was, uh, shall we say, born. And uh, <laughs> anyway, y'all could probably pick up on that, but. Uh, what we're trying to do is we uh, we normally would have fantasy football summits as a family get together, and he and I would go over what we thought we were going to do this year in fantasy football. And so we decided why not turn that into a podcast and see if we can help other people as well. So we're going to uh, give you a little bit of information, what we know, and 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 it's not much. I can tell you that. We've been told it's not much from time to time, but we'll see. We've been successful uh, over the years. And so, uh, this is a great podcast for anyone who's just getting started in fantasy football, maybe playing in the neighborhood league, maybe playing at work, maybe playing with your buddies. Maybe you're playing with a little bit more than money that you'd like to be playing with, but, uh, we're, we should be able to give you information for any of those, uh, situations you want to play fantasy football with multiple different, different ways to play and information. So we'll try to provide that for you. So, Jake, I'll throw it over to you. Tell uh, what's uh, what's your background in fantasy football? So I've been playing, I believe, approximately 13 years now. Um, uh, I was lucky enough to have you introduce me to one of your work leagues. And unfortunately, I won the league that very first year, and I got hooked ever since. <laughs> so uh, shout out to Matt Forte's rookie year. Um <laughs> And then uh, I've been playing ever since. I got uh, my longest league running is uh, this will be our 11th year for some me and my some friends out of high school. And then uh, I'm currently in now five leagues this year with a mix of redraft, dynasty, and we'll get into that, I guess, another probably at another time. But 
uh, yeah, it's my, I can now 100% say it's my number one hobby. And I know our <laughs> significant others might not like to hear that, but um, yeah, I've just been playing for a little over 10 years now and I love it. So Great. Well, tell me, how many, how many championships do you win last year? Uh, last year in my five leagues, I won three. Uh, three. I did not make did not make playoffs in one, and then came in second in the other. So, so as the song goes, four out of five ain't bad. Well, maybe that's not how the song goes, but it's something like that. That's all so, right. Uh, I I don't mind it. <laughs> so there you go, there you go. Well, I'll tell you. For me, uh, I I think I created the monster. They always say the next generation is the better generation. So uh, I think that may hold true. But uh, this will be my thirtieth year playing fantasy football uh, that back in the day we used to use fax machines to send results back and forth. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, but I've uh, been playing for that long, playing in uh, four leagues right now, probably a fifth. Uh, there's an offer out there for another, another high value league that someone's asked me to be in, but I play for uh, in PPR performance leagues, uh, dynasty leagues, uh, a couple of a couple of high value high value leagues, but a couple of just uh, neighborhood type leagues as well. So um, all different types and and formats. Uh, commissioner in two of those leagues and uh, uh, have a good time with it. So uh, if you run into the bone hammer out there, be careful. Uh, you might just you might just find yourself on the losing end of a matchup. But uh, but anyway, we're uh, we're glad to be here. So uh, that's that's us and a little bit of of what we know or or might not know. So any questions you have, we'll be glad to answer them as we as we get through this podcast, and we'll try to get things out there for you. Um, kind of give you a setup for what we'll what we'll be doing here over the next few weeks. So uh, Jake and I will be going through a lot of different things, getting ready. Camps have opened. It's it's time to start talking about football. Uh, I saw the mooch on TV the other night. That means that uh, that camps are in town or have started, and the players are in town. So it's time to start looking at football. So what we're going to try to do is just go through. We'll have some regular things we do from uh, podcast to podcast. Give you some breakdowns of the division from a depth chart standpoint. Names you need to remember and think about as you're looking through your. Uh, through your teams getting ready to draft, uh, who we see as, uh, you know, where you should be drafting some of those folks. We'll do, um, uh, tonight we're going to take a look at free agents, but then as we go through, we'll be looking at training camp battles. We'll be giving you camp news on uh, our second podcast of every week, letting you know who's gotten hurt, what injuries to look for, the dreaded high ankle sprains, or or even worse, those those hamstring uh, injuries that just seem to go on forever, and maybe those maybe those injuries that are just there to keep those guys from having to go through training camp. Uh, you know, not everybody's as old as Tom Brady, but there are a few of them out there. And so we'll try to give you that information and a little more surprises from time to time. And then as we get closer, we we know that everyone drafts normally in the second half of August, uh, and so we'll try to get you draft strategies going when we when we start to get into those last couple of weeks of August. So if we can help out there. And and as I said, Jake and I talk about this every year and it helps us for our, uh, for our drafts that we do. So hopefully maybe we can give you some information uh, for your drafts, unless of course you're playing in our leagues, then uh, you need to sign off right now. Uh, But anyway, uh, (laughs) so with that, um, 
we can just jump right into it. What do you think, Jake? Sure, let's get going. All right. Well, first topic, uh, first topic tonight is going to be uh, free agent movement in 2022. You know, uh, normally it's always a big year uh, for somebody, and uh, we're just going to talk about those big names. If you're worried about fullbacks that have re-signed with other teams, you probably shouldn't be playing fantasy football, and and you might want to think about uh, taking up fantasy horseshoes. I know a guy uh, that can set you up with that. But uh, but anyway, um, we'll start talking. We'll we'll talk about the big names that really have impact to, to rosters uh, and uh, and where they may be drafted from a fantasy standpoint. So obviously this year, Jake, man, wide receivers went nuts, didn't they? They sure did. They got paid too. <laughs> They got paid. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, at some time. But, yeah, they sure did. So, you know, there was a, there was a big, uh, I'll call them, you know, just a, a big five or six here that we wanted to just mention by names. We'll come back and talk about each one. But you had A.J. Brown, uh, Tyree Kill, who just can't stop talking about his quarterback, Devontae, <laughs> Devontae Adams, uh, somebody you never thought that would, that would move. Uh, we've got uh, Amari Cooper, uh, and finally we got um, another big name, uh, Marquise Brown, who who switched teams. And so we'll talk about each one of those a little bit, and maybe move down the line, line some to talk about uh, some folks that uh, just real quickly for you to think about as you go through uh, training camp. Maybe folks to think about. So Jake, tell me what do you, what do you think about AJ Brown? Good, bad, or indifferent for him moving moving over to Philly? Oh man, it's tough. I think he's for now. I'm on the I'm on the path of thinking nothing changes for him. I think I don't see this as an increase moving from Ryan Tannehill to uh, Jalen Hurts. I don't see any. I don't see it as a difference going from the Titans to the Eagles. Both were run first offenses, I believe. Um, I think it was a great move for Philadelphia because um, they have a terrible track record of drafting wide receivers. Um, so. They definitely were in need of a true wide receiver one, and A.J. Brown can fill that role. So um, I think it's a good move for Brown. I don't think it increases him like it does for some of these other free agents we'll talk about, but um, yeah. I, I still consider him uh, a French wide receiver one, wide receiver two, just because he, he, he's a boom-bust player, um, but he's definitely gotten more consistent over his his years. So yeah, um, I yeah. like the move, though. <clears throat> yeah. I agree with that. I don't think he he changed anything. He wasn't a big PPR guy for you anyway. Um, more of a touchdown scorer, and there's no doubt Philadelphia playing in the NFC East uh, is going to have a lot of opportunities <laughs> to score touchdowns. And so, uh, not a lot of defense played in that league or in that division. So, um, yeah, I would agree with you. Not uh, not a lot of change. Uh, maybe a one or two ticks up at at the most. Um, he's. We'll talk about this with the next guy. That AJ Brown does get to play with uh, a former uh, Alabama wide receiver who just happens to be pretty good. So um, next guy we'll talk about is Tyreek Hill, uh, big trade uh, to Miami, and uh, uh, we alluded to earlier. Tyreek really likes some Tua, but yeah. we'll see here in about six weeks. But anyway, Jake, what do you think about that move? Boy, he can't stop talking about. To him, man, and I, I understand if you pay him that much money, I'd be talking up my quarterback as well. Um, as some people will come to realize listening to this, or they, or if you're listening, you already know me, I'm a huge Chiefs fan. Uh, so I was sad to see Tyreek leave. Uh, at the same time, happy he got paid, he deserved it, but 
I think this is move. I, I think he's just blowing smoke up everyone's butts right now. Like we've all seen Tua play. It's not if you're thinking he's any kind of the similar or better to Patrick Mahomes, and he's crazier than we all thought actually. But I think I'm in, I'm excited to see what he can do in this offense. I'm excited for the head coaching change and the pieces they already had there. So I think this is going to be one of the faster offenses in the league now with him there and Waddle uh, on opposite. So. Um, I expect a slight downtick because obviously it is not Patrick Mahomes throwing him the ball anymore. Um, but I do consider him still a wide receiver one. I think he'll still get his. Um, so just excited to see what he can do in that offense. Yeah, I'm with you. I, the only thing I think Tyree Kill is probably hurt more by this move because he's he's going to a team where they're going to use him in a very similar fashion to the guy that's going to be sitting across the across the formation from him and Jalen Waddle. If he had a unique now. Nobody's the cheetah. I'm not saying he's got that speed, but a lot of underneath routes, both of them are going to run. Now, certainly they could turn in this to the, the Clayton and Duper of the 1980s fame and, and certainly could take off. But uh, I, I see Tyreek coming down uh, again, as we talked about AJ Brown, not a huge PPR guy anyway, um, but in a performance league where big chunks mean, uh, you mean big points. Uh, I think he's going to be hurt a little bit by that. And so, it's possible he does actually get an uptick in PPR leagues going shorter, but I think maybe he's hurting that. So I, I still, he's probably not in your top three, but he's certainly not in your bottom three in that in that wide receiver top ten wide receiver um, uh, look. So right. that's where I think we're on Tyreek. And uh, again, as we move through the through the season here, prior to draft to to getting ready for drafts, we'll we'll outline mm-hmm. these positions a lot more detail. Uh, so uh, next one. And maybe the the guy that opened the floodgates, uh, Devonte Adams, traded to uh, traded to the Raiders. Uh, big deal. Never thought that would happen. If Aaron Rodgers was still in Green Bay, so I don't know who pissed off who at the party. But Jake, what uh, what do you think about uh, Devonte? I think it's. I mean, he. I consider him the best wide receiver in the NFL, um, and so I think. Again, he's uber talented. He's going to get his. So from a fantasy standpoint, I'm not worried. He's going to probably get maybe even a, the same target share, if not a bigger one, uh, up there in Green Bay. Um, and what I mean by that is I don't see Derek Carr throwing for as many touchdowns or as many yards or as many attempts as Green Bay and as Aaron Rodgers. But I think the percentage will still be there for Adams, and he'll still get his. Um, if you want to do hairlines, he probably gets a down tick just because obviously you're just like Tyreek Hill. You're moving from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr. Nothing, there's anything wrong with Derek Carr. He's been a proven uh, QB in the NFL, and I think he's always been on, on that fringe of a QB 12, uh, all right, almost right there in the QB 1 status. So, um, But I'm interested to see how he gets used in this, um, this offense with uh, Darren Waller. Hunter Renfro proved himself last year. So, But again... I think most talented wide receiver in the, in the NFL, and uh, I think he'll absolutely get his. So I still consider him a top three wide receiver. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And actually, this this Devontae is one of the guys that I would say you really need to watch uh, in training camp and see, and maybe the the one uh, preseason game against you. We'll talk about that later as well. The preseason games really yeah. mean anything. What should you watch for? But I, I, I think he has the opportunity to actually get um, – get more uh, targets than he got last year. I know that's hard to believe, but I think maybe, again, in the type of football that the Raiders are going to have to play, 
that he may actually get more of that. And, and I'm I'm not as high on Waller as other people are. So I think it's a good move for for uh, D. Adams, and we'll see what happens. I, I we'll talk about him at some other time, but the big winner in this trade may be uh, Aaron Jones. And mm-hmm. uh, and to, that all of a sudden he's becomes the guy. So yeah, we'll see about that. I will so. say, yeah, I will say also it's always been a big talk. So he's now back with Carr from college days. They have there's they should have still have some chemistry hopefully. But he's also getting out of the frozen tundra there up there in Green Bay. He's moving to uh, Vegas indoors turf. I think I think that's going to suit him very well, especially for the span of his the rest of his career. Um, yeah. So and then he's also moving from that division into the AFC West, which we'll get into at some point, but that's probably yeah. the golden ticket division for fantasy football. So I expect yeah. a lot of points from Devontae Adams still this year. There you go. I'm with you. Uh, this is one I'm a little concerned about. And uh, Amari Cooper uh, going to Cleveland. I'm I'm not sure about this one. What do you think about Amari going to Cleveland? I, I've, already, I've always been an Amari fan. I think... I think he's always been underrated for where he finishes every year. Um, not not to the point of Brandon Cooks, obviously, but but uh, I think it always it always it always cracks me up because I think the conversation comes up every year where no one expects him to be as young as he is because <laughs> he just feels you feel like he's been around for ten years now. Um, I like the move because it, it gets him out of. I I should say I like the move for him. He's going to a less pass heavy offense, that's for sure. Um Dak can really sling it and the Cowboys love to spread it out, I think. That's not going to be the case in Cleveland. Uh he is the guy though. He is he is the lone wide receiver one. Uh, you can really say is there. Jarvis is gone. A lot of targets up for grabs. The big the big key for him this year is how many games if any is Watson going to be out. We don't know that yet. So I think for this year, he's probably not going to finish where we'd like for him to be just based on QB play. But next year is where I see him taking a big step. Yep. Yep. I I would sort of agree with that. And I am on the, on the flip side of that for Amari. Um, I I think given as run heavy as Cleveland is going to have to be uh, uh, without Deshaun Watson, wherever time frame that's going to be. It's going to be really tough for me to say draft Amari Cooper um, as a wide receiver one in the top half. I still think you could get him. He's definitely gone down a little bit for me, if not a wide receiver two. Um, and you can say, well, geez, who are you going to put in front of him? I, I, we'll talk about that. But I think you could move some guys up to, to get in front of him. But going to be interesting. Going to be no, interesting. I, yeah, I 100% agree. And I just want to clarify, when I say wide receiver one, I'm talking for his team, he's wide receiver okay. one. Okay. Yeah, okay. I definitely don't view him as a top 12 wide receiver. Um, he's definitely a solid wide receiver, too, probably. Maybe not this year. Again, with the QB play, he's probably more in that three range. And again, th- th- everyone listening, this is super early for us, too, as well. We've done a little bit of research already, but um, as we get closer and closer to draft times and we have a better idea of when people are being drafted, we'll be able to tell more if they're a, a value in drafts or not. Um, but right now, yeah, I'm not having Amari Cooper as my wide receiver one in any league. Um, yeah. Well, here's and, – and so this is the last one I'll talk about, and then I'll open up to you see what you think about the other wide receiver moves that might be out there. But I'm telling you, uh, Marquise Hollywood-Brown, which I thought this was the surprise trade of the offseason, just out of the blue, Marquise Brown's traded from Baltimore to Arizona. Um, 
I, I, which I thought was interesting. And I'll just lead this one by saying, you know, I, I think this is great for Marquise Brown. Uh, he's going from a low volume to a high volume spread offense, as you mentioned before with um, Devontae Adams. Marquise Brown uh, knows Kyler Murray. Uh, they obviously knows this this uh, coach. And with the DeAndre Hopkins out for an extended period of time to start the season, uh, with A.J. Green obviously in the uh, lower part of his career, Christian Kirk being moved out, uh, I really see Marquise Brown having an opportunity and this was a just a of all those we've talked about, as far as moving from a bad situation to a good, this is the guy that really benefited uh, and, and and must have been, you know, uh, going to the right church on Sunday because this is a great move for him. Yeah, I, I agree 100 percent. I think it was the perfect move for him, perfect move for Arizona. I think they they knew they have a stable of guys, but no one is that true wide receiver one and then when Hopkins back can be a great compliment to your actual wide receiver one um he's definitely a burner down the field we saw what he could do in Baltimore uh I think I expect Kyler to have much more deep ball accuracy than Lamar so that's going to benefit um Marquise and then you don't they also paid the guy so again money money talks in the NFL and I I tend to follow the money and draft capital when it comes to these guys and so He's definitely expected to be the guy while Hopkins is out. And so I think he's a again, we'll we'll get into it much later down the road when we have true numbers to go off of for mock drafts and such. But uh, I think right now he's going as a, a value pick. So. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Anybody else? Um, we're going to stop there as far as wide receivers that have uh, moved uh, moved locations here in the offseason. Anybody, anybody in particular you would want to bring up? Yeah, the only there's a couple I would want to bring up just to do a quick thing on, and that's Juju Smith-Schuster and MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. So, again, big Chiefs fans. Chiefs went out and they said, all right, we, we lost our, our number one receiver. Let's go get a cluster of guys that could fill in. And so I'm obviously very excited to see what the Chiefs do with their guys this year. But I will mention with Juju and MVS joining that group, we obviously know Kelsey will get his, but it's a really big question mark right now of who's going to fill in those wide receiver targets is it going to be all of them which is what i suspect and then there, therefore none of them are really fantasy relevant or is is will one guy actually emerge from the group because you got juju mvs they drafted sky Moore, the rookie that everyone's excited about um and then you also have miko hardman so um yeah Mikkel hasn't proved anything yet um but he's technically still there so anyways yeah. i just wanted to throw that out yeah. there because <clears throat> if someone does emerge in this offense it's obviously a great offense to be a part of. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm a big Juju fan as well, and he's one of those guys. You said it uh, about um, Amari Cooper, but Juju's 26, mm-hmm. and that is still plenty of tread left on those tires. And he's been, other than uh, you know an injury year, um, he's been very, very serviceable and is a great PPR guy. So look for that if you're in one of the PPR leagues. I think. Unfortunately, you know that banner Chiefs uh, may get you uh, get you something there. But if we're we're talking about best balls uh, later on this week, and he's a great stack player if you if you go with Mahomes or uh, Travis Kelsey to stack up on the Chiefs, I think that'd be a great move. Something you could get later on for value. So I like him. The one I'd say just real quick 
Uh, don't you may not want to close the door on Allen Robinson uh, again? The I think the Bears were just a losing proposition last year, and Allen Robinson did his thing. Now I, I I'm also afraid he's going to turn to the AJ Green book and just kind of fade off into the sunset. But if Odell Beckham doesn't get signed back with the Rams, Robinson could be a 70, 80 catch guy in that offense. Um, and, uh, you know, the second guy has always been good uh, opposite Cooper Cup. And so uh, I think Allen Robinson has an opportunity there. Uh, look for him. And he'll probably be a late later round, but, but has a solid wide receiver, too, um, possibility. Um, and in PPR, maybe even a – you could say the ceiling could be a, a back end wide receiver one, but uh, it's going to have a hard time scoring. But um, but other than that, I think you know definitely going to be that possession type receiver. So yeah. Um, so anyway, that's what I've got. You know, not a lot of running back uh, movement, uh, but we did have a couple of a couple of quarterback things that happened. So uh, keeping politics out of it, but we've got um, uh, uh, let's talk about uh, Russ and see if Russ gets to cook. Out in uh, out in Denver. So, what do you think about Russell Wilson getting that trade uh, to go to Denver? Boy, just when I just I already thought the AFC West was the best division of football, and it just <laughs> got a little better. Um, yeah, I I mean Russell Wilson. Say what you will about whatever, he, however he is off the field and his crazy antics and stuff, but he is no doubt a top five quarterback in this league. Um, his mobility is still crucial to his game and he can still run past all of them. So I think he's going to be a great asset and he's got a great core around him. They have truly built this team to where they just needed that last QB piece. I feel like to really unlock this offense. So I think he's stepping into a great situation and uh, a high scoring division. So I expect him to uh, be a top five guy and be uh, he's got a potential to be a QB one because of his mobility. You can't say that about wow. a lot of guys. So, yeah. So you think he's definitely he's he's a top five quarterback for you? I I would say so. I think I think I don't think he'll be drafted as that either, which is good for me, I guess. But okay, I I yeah. would I would not mind hitching my wagon to Russell Wilson and the the wide receiver core they built up there and yeah. uh, in Denver. So. I would, I would, uh, I would venture. I would say this: that the last time a, a All Pro quarterback got traded to Denver or took a job in Denver, uh, Peyton Manning, I believe, set a scoring record. So that he did uh, something to think about. Uh, and I would say that that the Denver wide receiver core, if healthy, may be more talented than that year. And and there may be some folks out there who disagree with that, but uh, I agree with you. Um, you know, Deshaun Watson. We knew this was going to happen going to Cleveland. Um, and, and from a fantasy standpoint, I'd say, really, I'm not sure that I'm prepared to say anything until I know when he's going to play. Uh, so from a fantasy impact, I think that John Watson is kind of a wait and see. And if you're drafting before we know what the suspension is, it is really a gamble. And you better – I don't see how you can take him as your quarterback one. Right. I, I 100% agree. I think it's tough, especially this year, not knowing his situation. I would expect him to probably sit out some games at least. Some people say six. I've heard four. Some people say none. Um, I think it's really tough. And I mean, honestly, once we get that answer, we'll definitely have a better idea of what to do with him. But I'm, I suspect even if he only misses just a handful of games, I don't expect a lot from Deshaun Watson this year. First time playing since 
what two years now three years now yeah um yeah it's not as he doesn't have the stable around him like russell wilson does he's got amari watt uh, amari cooper um and then he's got the um uh, people's jones i think emerged last year as kind of like all that's left while jarvis is gone um they're definitely a run first team defensive team um so i even even when healthy and out there i just don't expect him to put up the numbers he did at houston so um, right. It's hard. I I will highly doubt I'll be getting any Deshaun Watson this year. There you go. I'm I'm with you there as well. So there's a couple of of uh, backside quarterbacks, you know, that you would look at as a quarterback too, uh, probably um, with maybe an upside or a good bye week uh, that moved. And that's uh, anything you'd, you'd want to say, Matt Ryan, um, moving from Atlanta to to Indy. Oh, <laughs> and then. The the boot of Carson Wentz from Indy uh, to uh, <laughs> I shouldn't have said it like the boot, <laughs> but the, dude, he just keeps moving around. He can't. I know. Uh, I mean, gosh, he's no he's no Sam Darnold, but you know, here he is the the commander of the commanders. I've been waiting a I, month. I've said that. that. <laughs> uh, so um, so in, anything about those two that that interests you, or are they still in the same position they were? Looking as a QB two for a backfill, no nothing. Unless you're a super flex guy, I, I don't know what you would be interested in either one of these guys for. Yeah, I, unless you're somebody that likes to draft your backup QB for whatever reason, uh, I don't recommend that. But um, it's yeah, I don't see any of these guys cracking the top twelve. Um, Matt Ryan would have the best chance, I would think. Um, I'm just, I'm also, I am a Matty Ice fan. I'm glad he got out of Atlanta. He now has a chance to go possibly win himself a Super Bowl with the Colts, who seem to be on that path. Um, I think he's an upgrade from, from Wentz for Michael Pittman. So I like that for Pittman. I like that for Jonathan mm-hmm. Taylor. Um, and so uh, Carson Wentz, I, I would like to say he's on that path that Ryan Fitzpatrick forged for him, but Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think <laughs> won more games. And so I'm not sure. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick yeah. could have probably beaten the Jaguars at the end of the season and send your team to the playoffs, but that's neither <laughs> here nor there. Um, there you go. Yeah, there I don't. I don't see either of these guys being, I guess, fantasy relevant as far as a, a, a starting quarterback for you um, in your fantasy leagues, unless you've just punted on the the position completely. Yeah. So yeah, and yeah, and there's one other name. I'm just going to say this. So we can move on to the next topic. Um, it is you know I think Baker Mayfield gets more taught because he's Baker Mayfield rather than hey, am I a fantasy relevant quarterback? And so. Um, it could be, you know, he's very serviceable, but from a fantasy relevance, if if anyone is out there thinking about Baker Mayfield and thinking, oh, he's in Carolina, oh, he's going to get it, he just had to get out of Cleveland, stay away. It's a trap. Uh, it's a trap. You know, don't do it. And uh, and and so uh, I would let Baker uh, move on and and leave him alone. So anyway, but uh, hey, any other, um, like I said, no really running backs. We had a, uh, a tight end move and no fan, but I don't know if that's, if it's fantasy relevant or not. I- anybody else that uh, free agents that, uh, that are out there that you'd want to yeah. say anything about? Yeah, I will say he was a free agent, but he technically didn't move teams. Um, I am curious about Jameis Winston. And again, it's tough. It's tough for quarterbacks to be fantasy relevant outside the top 12. I think he's got a chance to crack it with possibly Kamara being out a couple games. They're probably going to lean heavy on him at the beginning because I don't see Mark Andrews carrying a fo- any football team. Or Mark, uh, Mark Ingram, I'm sorry. But uh, they they have sl- s- silently assembled a very nice receiving core, if healthy, with 
drafting Chris Olave, Michael Thomas might finally hit the field again, and then they took Jarvis Landry over. So um, if they're all healthy, I'd be very curious to see how Winston does now that he's healthy as well and he's going to get some chemistry going into camp with these guys. Um, so I, I like Good him point. as a very, very late round pick if you have punted on the on yeah. the um, position. And then uh, I think the only other thing I'll say is James Conner is back with Arizona. Um, and his counterpart, Chase Edmonds, is not. And so um, I, I'm very, I obviously expect a lot of regression from Connor. <laughs> but that being said, even when after that regression, I, he very well could still be fantasy relevant as an RB2 for sure. So yeah, um, yeah. I'll be watching That's, him yeah. a lot. Yeah, you said it right there. If you, if you draft Connor as, your, as an RB2, you're you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I am with you there. I I think you've got to be very careful with James Conner. Just sign that big contract. That is normally the door opening to oh my, what a uh what a downhill slide that old <laughs> running back just had. When we say old, he's in his twenties, but for that running younger back, than us. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um. Well, good. Well, um. Hopefully that gives everybody some information about the major free agent moves. Uh, that were out there uh, again. I, I don't. I don't think there's anything uh, that was bigger than that that we could talk about. And there's always going to be some as we get into training camp. You go, oh, I didn't know that guy moved. Oh, and like today, um, Julio Jones signed with uh, the Buccaneers, and so mm-hmm. uh, it, it sounds like a great deal, but it's really not. And so yeah. uh, you know, don't don't go drafting Julio in the sixth or seventh round because. All of a sudden, he's with Tom Brady. Uh, so I'll just say that, and we'll we'll move on. <laughs> um, and anyway, uh, there are some people out there that now say, "Okay, well, Julio Jones is gonna, you know, he's gonna lead the league in touchdown passes, so our touchdown receptions." But uh, but anyway, well, let's move on to um, our next uh, our next topic, and that's uh, looking at individual divisions. And we kind of want to do this so that folks can kind of get uh, an idea of exactly what who's where and and the divisions that we've got. And so each week or each podcast, we'll try to go over a couple of divisions. But this first podcast, since we're uh, doing the introduction, we're just going to go through one. And uh, we're going to start at the top of the clock and the AFC North and talk about that and kind of give you some death charts for each team, kind of talk a little bit about the division uh, and, and as far as what we expect from a scoring standpoint, again, strictly from a fantasy perspective, not who's going to win it or who's going to lose it or who's going to hit 500. You know, that's uh, go check out our, our buddies over at Just Press Play to figure that out. But uh, uh, I would say, you know, for us, we're just strictly looking fantasy and what's going on. So uh, I'll open this up, uh, Jake, to tell you that, uh, you know, here in the AFC North, we'll go through these guys one by one. But. Uh, I tell you, there's only one, one or two uh, really uh, just extraordinary players. Uh, but I think if you're looking for uh, running backs at the top of the draft, this is where you might find a couple. But if you're looking for wide receivers at the top of the draft, I think there's just one and then you need to move on. There is definitely a tight end here we want to talk about. But other than that, uh, I think this this AFC North division, when you look at these teams, and we'll talk about a couple in perspective here in just a second, but one, not necessarily to stay away, but you sure don't want to stay long. That'd be my take on it. 
I I would agree with that. We'll, I'll probably have a better insight as we go through each team, but I would agree with yeah. that as well. I think this division definitely has lots of yeah. fantasy pieces, but as far as cream of the crop, there aren't many. Yep. Um, so. Definitely, yeah. Definitely, I think we can start. This is going to be that that cousin, you know, that you got to go visit. You want to go in, but you don't want to stay long because <laughs> eventually they're going to bring out that fruit cake or or some kind of dish you don't want to taste and say, "No, I I, I got to go. We got to <laughs> get out." So that's definitely definitely this one. So let's start with the uh, Baltimore Ravens, and I'll just run through each position and, and kind of the depth chart and the and the folks you really should be thinking about. Obviously, their quarterback Lamar Jackson. Got a lot to prove, missed several games at the end of the year last year. So um, talk about somebody we want to watch in camp. This is one. But you got Lamar Jackson, definitely a QB1 candidate. Um, then their running backs, uh, both their starters, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, who really are who you want to look here, um, uh, are, are starting off on the physically unable to play. But both are being projected to be able to be ready for week one at this time. Um, but definitely our court, our running backs that you want to take a look at, certainly, uh, in a dynasty situation, especially if you're there or best ball. But, um, Mike Davis moved over from Atlanta, but he got beat out by Corderell Patterson. So I'm not sure what he's got left in the tank. Uh, and then, um, really no, no rookies to speak of there, but Dobbins, Edwards, Mike Davis are your, your death chart there, uh, at running back wide receiver. This is a much different group now. Uh, Rashad Bateman is your wide receiver one with Devin DuVernay and James Prochet, I believe is how you want to say it. After that, it's uh, alphabet soup. So not a lot of wide receiver depth uh, from a fantasy standpoint at the Ravens, but the big man that sits there at the bottom is Mark Andrews. And so that is definitely a top three tight end to target, uh, depending on your opinion, maybe a top two um and uh, and you could you could definitely look at that. So, Jake, what do you think about the Ravens and the, and those players? Any any comments or or what do you think there? Yeah, uh, I'll just go in 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 the list you had them. But Lamar Jackson, obviously, when healthy, always has a chance to finish as the wide or the QB one for that week, um, just due to sheer athleticism and star power. Um, I I don't foresee him being the QB one of the season. Um, he definitely has it in him, but I don't foresee that with losing uh, Hollywood Brown. But clear a clear QB one when healthy. Um, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, like you said, starting off on the pup list. I will say for training camp, pup list is not as it, it's not the same thing for a season. They can come off at any point during training camp. I think the Absolutely. the news I've been hearing is Dobbins is ahead of Edwards, so they expect Dobbins probably to come off first um, with Edwards to follow. But yeah, both right now are showing are are being. I mean, I'm seeing that both should be ready for the start of the season as of now. Um, and then <clears throat> you said it with the wide receivers with Hollywood Brown gone, you're really left with nobody but Rashad Bateman. I don't expect the other two to really be drafted anywhere. Um, Bateman, I think, did show a lot last year in his rookie season. I think because of what he showed gave them the, the confidence to trade Hollywood Brown. And so I think that speaks very highly of him um, more than anyone else. And so I expect a, a, some good things from Bateman this year. I do think he'll definitely be fantasy serviceable. I don't know if, if we're talking a wide receiver too um, just yet, but I did like what I saw last year out of a rookie. Um, and then Mark Andrews, enough said, I think it's a clear wider, a tight end two um, with a chance of being a tight end one. 
Um, I think he battled Kelsey for that title all last year, so I expect him to do it again. There you go. Uh, enough said. Uh, let's roll down to the the Bengals, uh, your AFC Conference champions from 2021. I know that hurts Jake yeah, it does. to say that. Um, but uh, obviously the the most talented offensive team in this particular um, this particular division and maybe in the conference, uh, that's kind of bold. But uh, but starts with Joe Burrow, no question there. Although he he will be playing without his appendix since he had his <laughs> appendix taken out today. Um, uh, but uh, then uh, one of the one of the few uh, three down backs still left out there, Joe Mixon. Um, as close to a three down back as you're going to get in the league, um, unless your last name's Taylor. Uh, and you've got, uh, but then this wide receiver core, I think, is very draftable. Uh, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler, Board, Tyler Boyd. And we'll argue this point later on in a podcast of which one of these guys is one, which is two. Uh, I think Boyd is definitely the three, but there is, there is a case to be made that T. Higgins is actually the wide receiver one of this group. But we'll talk about that later. But definitely, this is a group you'd want to draft out of. Um, and then tight end, uh, unless you're in a stream in a streaming situation or playing daily fantasy, um, and this is a great matchup, even though Hayden Hurst is, is new to the group this year, I believe. Um, this is a tough – they just don't go to the tight end a lot in this, in this uh, offense. So – You've got, but but those first those first five guys, Burrow, Mixon, Chase, Higgins, and Boyd, are 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 definitely draftable and people you should be looking at. Yeah, if I agree. Yeah, Joe Burrow kind of lit the world on fire at the end of the year last year. He and Chase, and I I think you're going to see him highly drafted this year. I don't know if he cracks that top five still, um, just because of the mobility issues. Because in fantasy, rushing yards is king for for quarterbacks. So which is what we're talking about here is fantasy football. But um, I love Joe Burrow as a, just a pure pocket passer. Um, I'm going to try not to be too biased having him in, in one of my dynasty leagues, but um, it, was, it sure was fun to watch him last year as he really gained that confidence with Chase and Higgins and Boyd. Um, Joe Mixon, I mean, it's just a consistent, bar injury, consistent three-down top 10 running back every year, it seems like. And I feel like he still gets hated on every year and he gets he always starts high i feel like at early early in the preseason and people just slowly move him down draft boards and i i love it for my drafts because i i usually get uh, quite a bit of shares of mixing um so but i like you said one of the the few remaining pure three down backs and they'll have to use him as such and that's that's how they have they haven't changed anything with geo since geo has been gone they they really have never replenish that third down passing role he's been it so and that he'll be that for this year so i'm very excited for him to stay a top 10 back and then you alluded to it already we won't say who's 1a and 1b yet but uh that's clearly the case with chase and higgins and it's being shown right now for current draft positions as well chase definitely is the superstar name he's got the superstar ability but t higgins i'm fine with taking him right behind him so and boyd as far as a fantasy standpoint He's still viable wide receiver three. That's just how good this offense is, passing wide with Burrow. Yep. So I think they're all viable fantasy options, and that's how I'll be drafting them. Good deal. Good deal. 
<clears throat> and we'll move uh, we'll move across the state of Ohio to uh, the Cleveland Browns. I think you you heard a little bit of us when we were talking about Deshaun Watson and that move. Um, he is listed at the top of that uh, 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 depth chart. However, the name you need to know uh, if you're going to be doing some quarterback streaming is Jacoby Brissett. Uh, very very likely that Jacoby is going to be the starting quarterback. Uh, uh, for that, I, I will let everyone know that there was a point in time when Indianapolis Colts thought Jacoby Brissett was going to be their quarterback of the future, and Jacoby is now on his third team in three years. So that should tell you what that means, that uh, Cleveland might have a little bit of trouble this year to start the season until they figure out what Deshaun Watson's going to do. But where their strength is, uh, is Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Both of those are very – Chubb is a RB1 for sure. Kareem Hunt's probably a strong RB2. Uh, this is where their offense runs through. So the guys to know on that depth chart are Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt and, uh, you know, Darnish Johnson decided to stay in and showed some things last year. One of those two guys is going to be out for a game or two or four. Uh, so Darnish Johnson is a name to remember there. Not saying you draft him, but definitely a name to remember. But this is the, this is the big uh, strength for them is at running back with Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and Dearness Johnson. Uh, and watch out, Kareem Hunt, I believe, is in a contract year. And sometimes those things uh, really help uh, those those guys that are in the backup position. Uh, talked about Amari Cooper already um, and what we got there, moved uh, to Cleveland. And, of course, uh, Jarvis Landry is out. Uh, Odell Beckham was out last year. But it's just going to be hard to know who's throwing the football to him. Donovan People Jones uh, is a strong up and coming uh, wide receiver, but don't know how you know that's going to have to be one of your reaches. Uh, I think it's not that they've got their David Bell is the rookie, I believe that they drafted um, starting on the pup list. But after that, again, a, a lot of alphabet soup for these guys at wide receiver. So after Mari Cooper, it's a tough one there if you're going to be drafting. So we we would probably be making the recommendation if you've got more than Amari Cooper. Uh, from the Cleveland wide receiver core, you probably haven't had a good draft. So um, uh, that's where you'd look. And then at tight end, uh, uh, Austin Hooper was moved out. And uh, d- you've got David Njoku, who is probably, I'd call him the joker of the NFL uh, because he looks the part, but then all of a sudden he's not there, right? And then he shows up and he's laughing at you because like, ah, you thought I was going to score for you, and here's one for one for seven. Uh, and so it's just, but when he's on, he's on, he's just a, a freak of nature. But, uh, other than that though, Harrison Bryant, sure. But I think Njoku is close to being a streaming tight end, uh, could be a backup for you, but there's not a lot here for the Browns in the depth chart other than Chubb and Hunt. Yeah, I agree. And Cooper. <clears throat> I would agree. Chubb, Hunt and Cooper are the, are the, the main three you're going to get a piece of. Um, I don't think Jacober said is a terrible uh, QB for them, knowing it's only going to be for however many games Watson is out. I think he's a, on the Tyrod Taylor status. Uh, you're not asking him to do too much, hopefully, especially with that backfield. Um, Cream Hunt is in a contract year, I believe. So they brought Derek Johnson back. I believe those two are going to be fighting for that backup role next year, which makes me kind of want Hunt even more. We'll probably talk about that at some point, but we love guys in contract mm-hmm. years. Um, but I would not be shocked if they saw enough from Dearness last year that they know he's the cheaper option. So after this year, I would not be shocked to see Kareem Hunt on a different team. Um, yep. 
Amari Cooper, we've already talked about, he is the lonely guy here, especially with David Bell already battling some injuries at camp, um, starting off on the pump list, the pup list. Um, and then David Njoku, you're right. Like he, he he's just a hit or miss guy. I think even even just outside of fantasy, they but they paid him to not be that guy. So I I yeah. again I like to follow the money. So I have no problem choosing Njoku as one of my streaming tight ends late in drafts, especially if I haven't got a chance at the top four or five guys. So that's how I feel about him. Yeah, and we need to we need to make sure we talk about that from a draft strategy. Follow the money. We'll talk about that later. Um, that's why this is called making the green. You got to follow that money, baby. Uh, so let's talk about this last team in the, in the division, the Pittsburgh Steelers probably won't spend a lot of time here, but you know, uh, not that we want to stick with fantasy, but I still think one of the most, to me, one of the most intriguing, uh, 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 depth charts in all of football. It, you've got Mitch Tubisky, who now is four or five years out. I'm not going to sit here and, and tie my wagon to him, but the, the the guy can throw the football. He just sometimes throws it to the wrong color jersey. <laughs> well, more than sometimes. Um, and uh, but uh, I don't think we're going to see the Kenny Pickett. Um, but it is a name to remember at the depth chart. But Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett are your two guys there uh, to see if you were streaming. Watch that lineup later in the year. If the Steelers do, uh, if they don't fire, then you've got something there. Then here's the other, I think, uh, running back to target in this division and probably in all of all fantasy football, and that's Najee Harris. Here's a guy, third year now, second year, second year, um, showed he could carry the ball, showed he could th- be in all situations. Um, a little banged up, but I think, you know, coming back stronger, has played the 17-game season, knows what to, to expect. I think I really I really like this guy. Uh, he's the name in that running back room that you really want to know. The rest of those, it's just, hey, you, you could pick any one of Benny Snell, Anthony McFarlane, Jeremy McNichols, Mateo Durant, which I really like that name. <laughs> but um, uh, th- th- there's just no telling who's going to be that backup. So, Najee Harris right now is the is is the name to remember there, and then a wide receiver Deontay Johnson is definitely the draft pick here uh, outside of Najee Harris. And and actually, if you're not if you're going to draft a wide receiver in this division other than a Bengal, Deontay Johnson to me is the guy to draft uh, to watch out for. Uh, Chase Claypool is is either going to uh, make your daily lineup or break your heart. And uh, he's just so inconsistent. I don't know how he could be somebody that you'd be looking at the high end of the draft. But definitely a name as you leave, uh, you know, as you get to later rounds, if he's still there, he's there. But a lot of folks will tell you that he needs to be drafted higher than we'll probably say that he needs to be drafted. You've got a rookie in George Pickens. And I I just think with the quarterback situation they've got, a a rookie here is going to be tough to get behind. And then you've got the uh, the crowd favorite, Pat Fryer. <laughs> um, great up-and-coming tight end. But again, from a fantasy standpoint, just I don't know that he's going to be somebody you're going to be looking at to carry that position for you. Certainly could give you some, some depth, but uh, unless you're going tight end zero and you're waiting to see what you get later on uh, and stream stream the position later, I don't know that uh, Fryer Muth is somebody that you're targeting. So, um, that's kind of their their depth chart again. Trubisky, maybe a flyer for a streamer quarterback early. 
but Najee Harris is the big the big name to know here as far as getting getting on your team. Yeah, I think uh, what I'll add on to that is um, Mitch Trubisky. Obviously, well, I'll say this: we saw exactly what this team did last year with a, a Big Ben who I feel like couldn't throw it more than ten yards at its max. So I honestly don't think you can go any lower, and they still were very fantasy relevant. And so I, I'm, I think Mitch Trubisky could possibly even be an upgrade for this team, which is sad to say, but. Uh, I do hope Kenny Pickett does not see the field this year because I don't I don't think they're just there yet to be that Super Bowl contending team. I'd like for him to get a year underneath um, in the system. Najee Harris, I think I think as of right now he is not being drafted in, the, in round one, which is just seems like a crazy steal to me because uh, he showed that he can do everything last year. He'll catch the ball, run the ball. He gets a true workhorse back, and they'll need him again to be that same guy this year. Um, I think barring injuries or any fumble issues, I for sure see him as a top 10 running back, possibly a top three. Um, and then I I think it's a little closer than you might think with Deontay Johnson and uh, some of these other wide receivers in this division, but he for sure would be the next guy up after the Bengals, I think still. Um, just a PPR yeah. machine, target machine. Um, I don't see that changing at all with Mr. Bisky there. If anything, it might even help him. Chase Claypool. I, I rode that roller coaster last year and it crashed more often than it, it gave me joy. So um I I probably might I probably won't be dipping my toes back in that pond, but um he he has the bill to be somebody in the NFL and we've seen it in his rookie year, he just lost it all last year. So maybe a change at quarterback could could change that, who knows? Um the George Pickens draft pick I, is intriguing to me. I think for this year I don't expect too much out of the rookie wide receiver. I don't think he'll be on the field as much unless they do run true three wide receiver sets. Um, and then, um, he could be a red zone guy. So I think that hurts, um, Pat Fryermuth more than anyone. Um, but Pat Fryermuth, middle tier tight end, uh, hasn't proved it just yet, but you can tell the pieces are there, just a young guy. And it typically takes tight ends a little later to develop in the NFL than any other position. Um, so I think that's just makes, that's just another reason why Matt, Mark Andrews is a freak of nature. He did it almost right out of the gate. It seems like. Um, but I could see that potential in him, but just not this year. Um, with not with this quarterback. Uh, next year with Pickett under maybe having more time, that could be a different story. But as for this year, middle of the tier guy, um, which I'm not taking many shots on. If I don't get those top four tight ends, most likely maybe five, you can make a case. Uh, I'm probably punting on the position, and just go straight to streaming. So I'm with you, hundred percent. Well, there you go. There's the uh, there's the AFC North. Um, giving you some names there to write down and make sure to target out of this. And again, like I said, uh, I'd, I'd treat him like that, uh, that cousin's house. You might want to go in for a little bit, but don't stay long. Don't stay long. Um, all right. Well, um, that brings us to our last, uh, last topic of, of this first podcast. And we just want to touch on it real quick, just a minute or two, because I know if you're like us, you know that you're not the smartest, uh, uh, smartest kid on the block. And you're going to need some help. And there are plenty of services out there to look at. Some are free, some cost, uh, different things. And so as we go through through the season, uh, getting ready for the start and getting to your draft, we'll talk about some different services that we use and and uh, that we have out there. And we certainly want to give credit where we see statistics or we see news. We want to make sure we do that 
because these guys are working for a living and want to make sure that we call them out and we're, we're doing that for them. But I'll tell you this, it used to be back in the day, uh, you used to go down to the Barnes and Noble or the, or the local bookstore and you bought a magazine. And that was the way you did it. If you're taking a magazine into your draft now, you just might as well pay your money and leave the room and let it auto draft because it's just it's you just can't keep up with as much movement as especially with the type with what's going on in the NFL today. However, I will say buying a magazine is not necessarily a bad deal because you get a lot of background information. You can understand coach movements. You can understand uh, offensive line rankings. There's a lot of things that you see in a magazine that you may not necessarily get uh, online or in other situations. And and for that matter, you really don't want to be hanging out in the pool with your laptop. So uh, that's the time to have that magazine when you dip your toes in the pool or in the sand down at the uh, Redneck Riviera. That's where you want to read that magazine and, and get caught up on all the, all the things that have gone on. But other than that, that's pretty much all the magazine's worth. That and Hitting Flies. Is about it. Uh, so, um, so anyway, but Jake, I wanted to ask you. You're you're pretty good on social media. What what do you do as far as services on social media? What, what how do you use social media for fantasy football? Uh, so for me, fantasy for me, social media is super critical, especially more actually for in season. Um, I think in this day and age, uh, I have found that Twitter is the number one news feed source. Uh, Every team, every beat writer, anyone, and I, I've, I've just accumulated a lot of follows over the years, me following these beat writers and knowing who to follow the right people. All your analysts you see on TV or people you, you're reading in these magazines or these articles, they all have Twitter now, and that's where they're putting their information out first. That's where I'm getting all of my updates, especially in season for who's, who's in this week, who's out this week, who's unlikely. Um, that's where you'll see it first and the quickest. It's usually so quick. It's usually a short statement. It's all you need. So Twitter is a huge source for me, um, especially beat writers, especially early in the season. That's where you're going to get the little tidbits of who's doing what in camp. Um, so it can backfire a little bit, I would say. I found that out last year with San Francisco 49ers, and uh, they lost a little credibility <laughs> for me. But uh, for the most part, Twitter is a great source of knowledge. And then any online um, services you can think of. I know you and I both, we each, uh, some of us pay for certain services, um, but there are the free ones out there that I still use. Um, lots of online sources. So I think it's just up to whatever you're comfortable with, whatever is the easiest for you to read, navigate, um, get used to is the best for you. But I, I don't buy magazines anymore, but there was that time where I used to, and it, it was a good time on a beach reading a magazine and not getting sand in your laptop. Uh, I would say the only time, if you are still buying magazines, the only time I would ever buy a magazine now is right before I really dived into anything, because like you said, background information is the main thing you get out of that. Just with today's day and age, things are changing so much in the NFL that whatever rankings, projections, or things you see on there are not going to be reliable. So, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm right there with you. And as far as online services, I think that's up to up to each individual person. There, there's enough free information that you could you could watch some TV, especially once the season starts. You know, uh, you could you could use ESPN. Although we'll, we, I don't know what we're going to do without Matthew Barry on ESPN. <laughs> we'll see where he lands. Um, supposed to hear about that, I think, in a few days. Um, but, uh, you know, they'll still have old field Yates and, and you can use some of that information. I think it's real good. 
so don't be afraid to use free information. Uh, CBS Sports has a good site, ESPN, obviously. And I'll tell you, just watching the scrolls on NFL.com, if you're up at midnight like me eating uh, cold hot dogs with mayonnaise, you can uh, you can learn a lot by watching those scrolls that go past. And uh, I think that can be a good deal. Uh, last thing I'll say from an online service, you know, we'll talk about draft strategies, but Yahoo Sports does a real good mock draft. I, I, I think we'll talk about that strategy, but don't forget about Yahoo Sports uh, when it comes to that. And we'll talk about that. They, I, I really like using them to try to say, okay, what if this or what if this? Mm-hmm. And so once your commissioner gives you your your draft position, or if you don't know, if it's one of those that's uh, that's uh, given to you at draft time, you kind of have a good idea using mock drafts. And I, I really like Yahoo Sports mock drafts and give you a lot of information. So that's kind of where we are on services is, hey, use them. If you there's free ones out there, use them. Uh, there are some that you can pay if you're wanting to get a little more. And and for us, it's been, you know, if you're paying a little money to pay in, play in some leagues, you might want to pay a little extra and, and get that service that can give you more greater a greater in-depth amount of uh, of research uh, to, to set up your ranking. So. So anyway, um, that's all we had there. Just, uh, Jake, anything else you got for tonight? No, I think this is a great first episode. I'm glad we're doing this, and hopefully we can help some people out. Yeah, man, I, I tell you, yeah, I am uh, I am really looking forward to these, and it's going to keep me up to date because I'm, I'm taking down those, those, dastardly, uh, those dastardly cheaters in Razorback Fantasy Football who stole my title last year. <laughs> They're gonna, we're going to use this to make sure we're ready. So um, just to give everybody a heads up on our next episode, uh, we'll be checking in the divisions uh, uh, for the AFC East and the AFC South. We'll get to talk a little bit about Michael Pittman, I suspect. And um, uh, camp news. We'll go over what's happened here at the start of the week, uh, coming into the weekend, what we've got there. Um Try to identify a couple of camp battles that are going on, things you might want to look for as you do read the ESPN headlines or go out there to USA Today, what what camp battles and, and what news you need to hear from that. And finally, we'll talk about best ball drafts. It is a great time, I think, to do best balls, uh, and we'll explain that uh, that concept and how it's a really great way to get into get into fantasy if, you're, if you want to sit it and forget it. Uh, you know, so, uh, that's a great one. So we'll, we'll cover that as well. So, um, crazy legs, anything, anything else? Nope. I think all I'll leave the people with is, Hey, we're just a bunch of average guys talking about fantasy football. So take whatever we say with a grain of salt. And hopefully if we help you out, great. If not, don't talk to us anymore. <laughs> so. That's right. Uh, don't blame us. No, hey, we, hey, it is a sport and it's a fantasy sport. Keep that in mind, everybody. Keep that in mind. Uh, they ain't paying you to play, but it sure is. It sure is fun to be making that green. That's right. So, uh, you guys, always remember: be good or be good at it. Y'all have a great one. We'll talk to you soon. Peace out. Be out. Pretty well.